0: Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Cause you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Now, here shows Chris Voss for the bleed! Brain bleed! I hell I can't even get it right. Welcome to Chris Voss Show, the ChrisVoss Show.com. As we've been seeing it for 13 years and 1500 episodes. Thanks for coming on the. Uh, I forget starting that whole singing thing 14, 10 years ago, whenever the hell it was. Now I just have to keep doing it so you can run up to me at shows and go, The Christmas Show! And I'm like, security. Um, but uh, thank you very much, folks. We enjoy you being here. As always, The Christmas Show is the family that loves you. But doesn't judge you harshly is not a, at least not as much as your mother-in-law does. And she's a wonderful woman. Um, anyway, uh, she paid me to say that, by the way, so that uh, she could guilt you into, uh, uh, I don't know, whatever she's trying to get out of you. Um, she's I'm sure she's wonderful. <laughs> People are going, how does he know my stepmom or my uh, mother-in-law? What the hell is going on? She watches the show. She's really smart. That's why she's trying to make you smarter by, I don't know. Being critical of you. So there you go. We went. We came full circle with that whole segue. You see how we did that? It's like an art form. Only I just made it up as I went along. Today we had an amazing woman on the show. she can be talking about her amazing books and uh, stuff she's got coming up, stuff she's got in the past, and uh, how to live a fuller life, uh, be happier, stress less, do more. Who doesn't want that? Like, is there someone sitting around going, you know, darn it, if I could just be less happy and stress more and do less? What the hell? How do I find that? Who writes that book? But uh, this is not her. She's written a book that does the opposite of that, and we'll be talking to her on the show about what goes into it. But in the meantime, we want to guilt trip you and shame you, just like your mother-in-law, into referring the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Go to goodreads.com for it, says Chris Foss, youtube.com for it, says Chris Foss, and linkedin.com for it, says Chris Foss. Don't go to all three at the same time. You have to take your time, do one at a time. Otherwise, address bar is going to be a mess. And you're probably going to have some weird site that, uh, I don't know, just don't go there. You can end up in dangerous places. It's the internet. Uh, she is the author of the latest book uh, that just came out uh, June, tw- or June 8th, 2021. It's close enough. It's been two years. Uh, take back your weekends. And as I promised, stress more. Do more, be happier. Let me correct that, though, so that people don't (laughs) Google my ad Live there. The title of the book is Take Back Your Weekends, Stress Less, Do More, Be Happier. Allison Graham is on the show with us today. She's here to talk to us about her amazing book and insights and how to make your life better. So if you don't want your life to be better, still listen to the show anyway uh allison graham joins us on the show she is a keynote speaker author and consultant who works with highly accomplished men and women who love their work but want more mental and emotional space away from the constant stress of the daily grime her last book take back your weekends uh stress less do more be happier is giving hope to professionals across the globe, that they can have it all. Uh, And she's got a new book that she's uh, working on right now. We'll talk about that on the show as well, and I think you're going to find out more about it. Welcome to the show, Allison. How are you?
1: I am great. I promised myself I wasn't going to laugh in your intro, and I failed (laughs) miserably. So it was. uh, you always have such an awesome intro for all of your shows.
0: There you go. They call it, some French guy told me it's called the Ramble what you do, Chris. And then, I believe it's a ramble. And the whole improv, he goes, he goes, I love your r- rambles so much, I just go and listen to the rambles. Like I just go through all the shows and listen to the first five minutes. And uh and I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. Um uh, get help. No, anyway, I'm just kidding. We love our audience and what they do. So give us a dot com so people can find you on the interwebs.
1: Well, I created a dot com just for you. So it's oh, Allison okay. Graham com backslash Voss. There you go. And then you can get to me on LinkedIn and YouTube and all the links are there and join my lift up and it's just easier.
0: There you go. And that'll that'll be on the Chris Voss show as well. So you can click that link if you forget the Voss part. So give us a little bit of overview about yourself. What do you do and how do you do it?
1: My work is teaching people how to have it all without the destructive stress the overwhelming stress and I'm really I truly believe that people are making life harder than it needs to be and it's already hard enough and so I have some strategies that really help people free that mental and emotional grind uh, when it comes to the day-to-day so they can have their success and not give up uh, their mental and emotional well-being so that's my work that's my passion and that's what I live to do.
0: There you go. And uh, I think you coach on some of that, you speak on it and you write books on it. Is that correct?
1: I do. I do. And so the next book that's coming up is called The Stress Illusion, which oh. is where my keynote is and everything that's uh, the future work. And it's fun because we're talking about take back your weekends now, but like mm-hmm. it launched in the middle of COVID and nobody cared about a weekend, <laughs> right? Like Everyone got like, a you know, just- weekend every day feels like it's blurred together
0: yeah but on the flip side of that it was it might have been I, I don't know it might have been more stressful it was for me uh i've been at home since so uh, 2004 uh when i when i we lost the last of our partners and and i took over our companies uh it, so i was used to it so i'm like why is everyone doing what i'm doing um what what are you people doing? Get your own get your own space, uh, but uh, you know it was, it was probably more stressful because people suddenly had their work at home, they had their life at home, they had people that maybe they enjoyed spending time away from each other, so they could become more endeared to each other by what what does that say? The heart grows fonder with distance.
1: Absence, yes. Uh, Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yes.
0: Why I keep all my girlfriends in Zimbabwe? Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs>
1: I don't know if they know either. They're <laughs> probably.
0: Yeah, they're not on Tinder. Uh, so, uh, but then you had, you had your kids at home too, like most people within the kids of the daycare. So you had everybody pile up on top of each other. And then you had the stress of COVID where you're like, are we going to die? Is, are we going to live? Are we going to end up in the hospital? You know, the horror shows of all that that was going on. So it was quite stressful.
1: Well, and we can use the the term stress, we might talk about how we can challenge that word specifically. But I agree that there was a lot of extra pressure. And there was a lot of emotional turmoil that added Mm on to that. So I remember one of my coaching clients first, like five minutes in, she just starts crying. And I'm like, what's going on? She's like, I cannot get caught up. Right. Like it's just I feel so guilty because when I'm working, I know my kids are there and they desperately need me. Mm-hmm. And when I'm with my kids, I know I need to be working and the work is piling up and that that's the, the piece where my work right? It's like, how do we let go of the guilt? How do we let go of those patterns that are actually making the work harder than it needs to be? So I agree. I think burnout was a big issue long before the pandemic. And I think it's actually becoming a bigger issue now uh, that we are like out of it. And people kind of got a taste Mm -hmm. of what it was like to not be in the office, to not be in the grind and relax. And then they kind of sprung back to old patterns, many people, and they're back into the the grind and they're like, Oh, wait a second. Did I like that? Did I not like that? What do I like? And I'm like, let's design your life in a way that you're going to love it.
0: There you go. And I like that word design. I think that's a big problem with with a lot of people, you know, especially me. Sometimes around the house, uh, you know, I'm like, well, "What was I supposed to be doing? Oh, yeah, some work or some, or uh, I was supposed to answer. I mean, what am I doing? You know, and and uh, you know, I, I go to get a coffee and I'm lost. You know, ADHD, lost in fifty different things. Suddenly, I'm like, I don't know changing the oil in the car and I just wanted to get a coffee. So, uh, let's dig into your book. Uh, give us a 30,000 overview of what's inside some of the techniques or something you want to tease out that help people, uh, design their lives.
1: Well, and so take back your weekends is really about let's, let's change our attitude towards stress and all the Mm. workload because so often people are waiting, like when I get done this project, When we hire that next person, when we, you know, finally, you know, get that big deal, then I'm going to be less stressed. And I'm like, yeah, that, that then is not coming because when we get through that project, you're going to have another client project. And when you're going to get that staff member, you're going to need, you know, you're going to expand, you're going to need more. And it's this when X, then Y thinking that has us chasing the future. And that's when our happiness is going to be. So my, my, the, in the book is like, how do you, accept the fact that everything is happening around you and shift how you're interacting and with all of that chaos around you and all of that pressure there you and go so that's a
0: redefining of meanings and a paradigm shift if you will yeah yeah
1: i like it paradigm shift sounds very corporate like very uh, very uh what's that word i don't know it doesn't matter very
0: very like buzzword yes thank word. you that was the there word i'm go. looking
1: for a paradigm yeah. shift i feel like we could just throw it out there you know i usually that forget
0: word. that word i'm always like what's that word in corporate which is ironic because you know it's a buzzword. so you, i mean you're okay. supposed to remember the buzzwords but i don't know i'm 55 the brain's gone already uh i'm just waiting for lobotomy next week uh great call in here from uh dom hey dom we really appreciate that go allison uh some other hello happy oh, to be oh. here uh, Larry, thanks for coming in and all that good stuff. So, um, doing this paradigm shift, uh, you give people tools in your book to, uh, take back your power. What does it mean to take back my power? Does that mean I got to go overthrow a country or what, what's happening there?
1: Well, preferably not. Okay. I, I would hope you would not do that, but it's, it's Calls not.
0: Him and tell them the, the fight's off.
1: The fight's off. It's about this concept of designing your life. So taking a bird's eye view, just looking at it at like, I encourage my clients to look at their work week, like a movie and just observe what's happening and look for the repeating moments of angst because we all have them right. That, that, mm-hmm irritating moment that we just live with over and over and over again. And those are the ones where we want to be strategic about how we're designing it. Yeah. So, uh, one of my clients, we started, he said, look, Allison, I have no space, no space to think, no space to feel. I, I've lost touch with my wife. Like he was just like, I'm burned out. Mm-hmm. And he calculated cause he's a numbers guy, 128% capacity. Okay. Wow. So he's like, here's what I should be working but here's what I'm actually working. Wow. Six months later, we got him down to 38% capacity. There you go. But now here's the risk. We start to redesign our life. If we don't strategically fill it in the way that we want to spend our time and how we're going to do it, then we're just going to fill it up with old patterns again. And end up right back into the the same situation, which is what we saw with COVID where people were like, you know, okay, oh, this is great. I get to spend time with my family and I'm, you know, not not on the airplane all the time. And now they're, you know, flying a million miles and doing the same old, same old, right? Because we just boomerang back if we aren't strategic about how we choose to do the uh, design our lives.
0: There you go. Uh, What's that old adage? Those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Yes, yeah, they there do. you go. there you go. Uh, I'll buy so, into that. so in in one of the uh, the example that you use of the gentleman and uh, moving him from uh, that massive amount of of uh, burnout to a smaller percentage, is it about working more efficiently or is it about planning more lifetime or balance or or how does that how how, how do you kind of equate that down and and try and make that uh, square?
1: It's got to be everything, all of that, all of the above. But here's mm-hmm. a lot of times we think about the do time mm-hmm. to task, like time to task ratio. So mm-hmm. I have a 15 minute task, and I've got to fit it in in this little spot that I have. But we never just do something; we always have emotion around it, and mm-hmm. often that is misplaced. Mm-hmm. We always have a storyline around it, and often, often it will default to negative. Mm-hmm. And often we put some barriers to performance or habits around it. And in you know my model, I would look at that as maybe judgment or worry or not saying no, not setting boundaries, all of that. And so that it's not the doing that's hard. Like if you literally just sat down and did all your work all day long, you'd be fine. People people would not be burned out, right? Yeah. It's The wait. That person I remember. Uh, I sat down with a friend of mine, he's a vice president at a big company international firm sits down and she's like I, I'm like how's it going she goes awful I'm like oh wow what's going on she's like I gotta go get a new job I'm like tell me more she's like three weeks ago corporate head office sent down this new reporting system and I'll tell you they don't understand what it's like on the ground and they they disrespect me and I'm too busy and I don't get like and just on and on and, and she's like I'm not gonna do it and I'm like oh my god like this is a big deal like how long is this report gonna take you and she's like 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> I'm going to quit my whole job and career.
1: <laughs> but it was about a bigger issue. Ah. Like it was about the feeling like she was suffocating. Mm. It was that she didn't have the support, but she wasn't dealing with any of those issues. So she mm. took it out on a report. Wow right? But this sort of thing is happening all the time, right? It's the it's the relationships, it's the, the am I resenting that person isn't doing as much work as I'm doing, or they don't know how to, like, they're not doing their job well enough. Like, all of that is what makes our jobs harder than mm-hmm. it needs to be.
2: Yeah, And
1: so, I have a problem-solving framework, so we go in and we identify those repeating moments of angst, i.e. procrastination, mm-hmm. and we say, okay, let's work on a system for you, not a system that's going to work for Chris Voss, not a system that's going to work for Allison Graham, but one that's going to work for the individual because hmm. not everyone is created the same as we already know. Yeah.
0: Plus I don't have any report anger issues. So you
1: know. no, no. <laughs> no, but it's just right. one example, but you think about it, yeah. like how many times have you seen this play out?
0: Yeah. There's probably a great experience in this too, because you, you mentioned you know being resentful of other people. I, I can see this being issues in marriages, uh, in workforces, in uh, in everything. I mean, I resent my dogs because they don't they don't go work and pay rent. And I'm very resentful of it. And it makes me angry sometimes, but now I'm working on it.
1: I feel like you would not. I'm like just imagining my own dog <laughs> who's down to sleep over there. I'm like, nobody could ever resent you, Winston. It's that's all good.
0: But no, I like your concept of recognizing that there's, and you talk about this in the book, that there's, um, you know, the, the emotional connection that we have to our to do list is kind of a problem because it just kind of seems to add more weight and work to it. Then yeah. if we just kind of look at it and go, well, that's 15 minutes and just do, uh, it. do it. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because emotion. So actually, if you look at this as the ice cube that became the snowman, which is the metaphor that's in the in the book. And it's like the job is to mount the ice cube. That's what we have to do. Okay. But we never do that as a human. No, no, no. We're so much more complex. So we have this huge pile of snow available to us. And it's the emotion. So and often misplaced, as I said. Mm -hmm. And then, the you know, we add the next layer and the next layer of so the storyline and then the barriers to performance. And we still have to just melt the ice cube. But now Mm -hmm. we got to get through all the snow, too. (laughs) And when you think about the family, like that misplaced emotion, and I saw this happening a lot. I still do. Um, And, you know, maybe people don't want to admit to this, but let's imagine you're really nervous about cash flow, you know, or something in your business, you just lost a big client or, you know, whatever's going on. And your child comes up to you and you're in like this huge pressure situation. And the child comes up to you and says, Hey, you know, daddy, can we play? And you're like, Oh, I told you to go away. Yeah. and you snap at the child, like that's misplaced emotion. Mm. So now you've taken the, the child who's asked the question and you've made it harder by adding a layer of unnecessary destructive stress oh, around wow. that.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're just becoming a wrecking ball of destroying everybody else around you and <sighs> pissing everyone off and uh, then everyone hates you. And wait, this okay. is describing my life. What's going okay. on?
1: I don't um, think it's that dramatic. Well, it's well, that well, dramatic. Well. But, you know, because it's subtle. Like it's yeah, so sometimes so. it is, yeah. Right. And it's, but then it can also be the road rage incident.
0: Oh, yeah, where people freak out. And... Right. Yeah. Or, or the Karen incident. incident yes.
1: Oh, every one of those, I think, oh, that'd be a great media hit. It's basically like something's going on in their life.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And then mm-hmm. this other trigger comes in and they just explode. Yeah.
0: It's like me when a we- coffee maker won't work in the morning, pretty much. <laughs>
1: That's really, that's why I use a French press.
0: People die if I don't get the, if I don't get the coffee, like there's actually sirens and warnings that go off and, uh, they're like, warning, warning, Chris is obtaining his coffee. Don't go near him. And, uh, yeah, I've had girlfriends say I'm like a giant bear in the morning. It's like, we just leave you alone, let you putter about and get your coffee. Then once you have your coffee, you know, we've entered the no kill zone and no one's going to get mauled to death by chris voss when he gets angry so and then yeah.
1: it's, it's safe uh, which is interesting because that's like actually survival signs stress. that go off
0: yeah. there's signs and sirens go off it is now safe to move about the house so yes.
1: move about, move about. <laughs> uh, whereas once I wake up, I'm just up like, I'm like, okay, well, here we go. I'm awake. But a French press would help with the coffee maker not working. Just that's saying. probably true.
0: I, it never breaks down, but I, I threw it going one out, out, out there. But uh, if it ever did, it would be, there might be a small crisis in the house. There so, might be,
1: but think about how a bad day becomes a bad day.
0: That's true. Here we go. Right. Yeah. But like,
1: okay. So let's say you wake up, you forgot to charge your phone. Mm-hmm. and now your alarm didn't go off you're late and others in the house got up late too so you know everybody is out and then you your coffee maker doesn't work and you get into the car and then the barista gives you the wrong order oh. and you get to the office and you're like you know oh my gosh it's such a bad day uh-huh. when in actual fact what you had is a series of irritations mm-hmm. that when looked at individually have absolutely no emotional relevance in your overall life Mhm but because we tend as a society to blanket them all together and emotionally just put all of it on and like have it dominoing
0: mm-hmm.
1: we end up with this bad day when in actual fact it was not a bad day
0: yeah and then if you, if you if you piss some people off then you know you might have to deal with that all week or you might have to apologize to somebody that's
1: right uh, it was just yeah. overspilled coffee
0: yeah, and and suddenly, you know, somebody's really offended or maybe your boss fires you because you're being an asshole at the office because, uh, you know, you said something wrong to somebody. I remember one time I, I was having a really bad day and I was struggling, I think, with a printer and uh, a, a, a training manual that we had. And I was really having a really hard time. And this is when I was very young. Um, and I was there was supposed to be some meeting I was supposed to go to that was one of those corporate meetings of the pain in the ass, you know, that you're like, does this really have to be a meeting? And I, I walked in the meeting late grumbling and mumbling and the, and the, uh, the guy who was doing the training was upset because I'd walked in late and rightly so. Uh, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was just bad manners on my part. And he said something to me and it popped me and I popped him back. <laughs> and, uh, he said, you need to leave my uh, training right now. And mm-hmm. I realized that uh, I just fucked up, and I left. And of course, my manager at the time, when I was young, had a conversation with me about how bad it was, and and, and something like that. But it was an example about how I let this whole cascade, this avalanche landslide of the problems that I was having throughout the day, come to a meeting that and and offend somebody, and and you know, it might have almost got me fired because uh, you know, I don't know, the printer wasn't working right or some stupid thing, you know, whatever. I-
1: So imagine how people are so busy that they're Mm -hmm. not getting the time or they don't have a manager who's bringing them in. And maybe it's not that big a deal, Mm -hmm. but it just keeps cascading all day long. Mm -hmm. They're creating all these destructive stress hormones all day long. And then they go to the gym to try to So they're not a grumpy bear when they get home to release all the stress hormones that have been building all day long. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "Mm, okay, what if we stopped creating them in the first place?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: What if when the printer isn't working, we had the ability to go, oh, the printer's not working and I'm having a moment of angst that's completely unnecessary because here's a printer that's not working. And by the way, I have had my share. I will date myself as well. uh, I've had my share of printer um, burnouts, right? Like like total back in the day when, and they never worked when you were in a hurry, right? Like It just didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting about the walking into a meeting thing, because here's a, a... Something that I had to learn to do uh, because I, part of my story is I have chronic neuropathic pain. Mm. It was uh, post surgical, and <laughs> my neurologist told me that I was never going to be off pain medication. I would oh. never work full time again,
2: mm. and
1: it was time for me to go on disability. Wow. Yeah. And so I left that hospital and it was because I was like, I'm like I'm doing it anymore. And, and no, 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 I'm not going to give up. And I was like devastated, but I was so scared. And he said, I said, that's not the answer. And he said, well, then you're going to have to learn how to be resilient. And yeah. I left that hospital defiant. I was mm-hmm. like, I am going to show that doctor. <laughs> I am not giving up. I am not going on disability and I am not going to let this pain define me. But it's interesting because the meetings were the hardest. Really? Because I would be in so much pain Mm -hmm. and sitting is my most uncomfortable position. And I'd be trying to like mind my P's and Q's and be in the meeting and being active and everything. And I my pain would just be like Right. And I would just blow over or I wouldn't have the patience for somebody. I'd be like, oh my gosh, you've already made the point. Get on. You know? Like. (laughs) And I just, so I eventually had to create a system of like walking into a meeting and I literally pause in the doorway. This is back Mm -hmm. in the day when we actually went into people's rooms to have meetings. Offices?
0: What do you speak of?
1: What? Boardrooms? And I would have to check in with my pain level. And I would go, I'm at an eight. Hmm. That puts me at risk. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And see, if you are someone who, say you had a, a fight with somebody in the morning Mm -hmm. and that puts you at risk to take that energy and that anger out on somebody else, Mm -hmm. then we've got to notice that. And you've got to like bring, you don't have to do anything, but it's advisable to recognize the charge that's in that. So you don't take it and apply it to something that's unrelated and misplace your emotion.
0: There you go. Uh, You talk about in your book about how, uh to leverage good stress wait there's mm. good stress it yeah. seems like an oxymoron for optimal performance tell us how that paradigm shift in good stress because anytime when i hear the word stress i get stressful you know,
1: right and out. they they think this is i'm so glad you brought this up because this is pivotal for me and my journey and it has been for others and i hope it will be for you so i used to have this little secret of like i actually loved being stressed Like I was a columnist, I had to put out four columns a week. And by golly, if I started at 6am, I got it in at three o'clock in the afternoon. But if I started at two, dang, I was going to be so focused. And I was going to be on and I just ride the wave of it, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I kind of like that feeling. Like it can energize us. And so this is empowering stress. It can be used to maximize our productivity. And this is all in the book, Take Back Your Weekends. But essentially, there are three elements to it. We need to have a goal, a reasonable deadline, Mm -hmm. and accountability. Uh
2: So if I was,
1: okay, so if I was, uh, say, procrastinating one of my specialties that I've had to overcome and I still practice my own stuff every day, uh, I would, if I was procrastinating on a client project, I would call the client and say, look, I'm going to get you this by noon tomorrow, so let's have a quick call to check in. And then all of a sudden I had an accountability, I had to get it done. Uh-huh. And so that to me is empowering stress. And those who are a little bit more interested in the stress, they probably have ever heard the, they probably heard the you stress and distress. So good stress, bad stress. Okay. okay have you heard this? No. So you, you stress is EU and it means like eureka and wow. right? Like it, it's a good thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Distress means dis ease, right? Like we're, we're, this is the, the bad stuff. hmm and I live with that model in my business. I've been in business for 17 years now. Um, and I've been teaching this work since probably uh, 2012. So mm-hmm. Usually the math. I don't know what the math is there, but anyway. Um, and I live with that model for years. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I ran into some situations that were significant in my family's life and in my life. And, I always considered stress that was there to tell you you're in danger as a good stress. Because Mm -hmm. if you fell downstairs and had to call an ambulance, you would be totally inspired and focused, right? Which is what empowering stress does. Mm -hmm. But I realized, I was like, why am I feeling so much anxiety? Mm -hmm. Like, what's wrong? I am good. I teach this stuff. I should be able to get over this. Mm -hmm. And I realized, oh my gosh, it's because there's survival stress.
0: Ah, fire flight mode.
1: Even more than that. It's like, mm-hmm. it's the stress, however you respond, fight, flight, freeze, fo- um, fawn. Uh, the survival stress is there to teach you that you're in danger. It mm. tells you that you or someone you love is in danger. Mm. There is no way to escape it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can't escape it. You, you cannot. Like, it doesn't matter how good you are, if you want to like, you know, meditate or whatever. It's like, your body is going to send every stress hormone it has. Where I'm saying we have the power to redesign our relationship with stress is stop creating the snowmen, the destructive stress, Uh to make the survival stress harder. Because there's a lot of stuff going on in our lives and we're all facing, you know, stuff in the background or even just in the world dynamics. Mm -hmm. And that stuff, if you're pretending it doesn't affect you or, you know, oh, well... You know, I'm fine. Well, no, you're not fine. You just went through a divorce or, you, you know, your uh, parent just got cancer or, you know, diagnosis or whatever. No, you're going to have a reaction to that. Mm-hmm. So the way I look at it is when we have survival stress, we honor it. We ride the waves. We accept it and we don't judge ourselves for it. There you go. We use empowering stress to get the responsibilities done in the shortest amount of time and with the greatest level of focus so that we don't let anything slip through the cracks Mm -hmm. and we work on our problem solving abilities for the human experience to stop creating destructive stress that complicates survival stress
0: there you go would you say that the empowering stress maybe is connected with less emotion or is is there a Control of emotion uh, in there on either part. Like I study a lot of stoicism, Marcus Aurelius, uh, Epictetus, and stuff. We keep it close by. so is, is emotion the key to separating the empowering stress from the I, negative?
1: I don't think it, it can be. It's what emotion are we putting on it? And I, I, I'm i hoping we go. can get into that conversation That's about it. emotion. Cause I, there are some things that I'm all in, like, I love hearing the stoicism, but I got to tell you, there are pieces of it that I'm like, mm, yeah, that doesn't work.
0: Yeah. There's, I mean, yeah.
1: Right. Obviously. Like there are things like, for example, we hear people say all the time, don't focus on what you can't control. Mm-hmm right? Yeah. I'm going to call BS on that. And here's why. What <laughs> defines you the most as a human being? What lights your soul the most? It's the things that we can't control. I thought Those it was are the coffee. things that matter the most to us. Well, you and your coffee, I don't know. But that's the very stuff that we need to lean into and fully process emotionally. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But I, people- I didn't answer the question. Yeah.
0: Just so- go back. Yeah. yeah. Please do.
1: So empowering stress is more of a strategy and yes, if we start pulling unnecessary emotion into it, Mm -hmm. then, you know, irritation as an emotion or resentment isn't going to get us into our greatest flow state. There you go. So, but we need to recognize the emotion so we're not ignoring it and stuffing it down and then that's called deflection and that's not healthy either.
0: There you go. So a good, uh, that was the word I was actually bring up with you a flow state or a vibe. Cause there's like sometimes where, you know, I need to do some work and I really enjoy what I do or some of what I do or, you know, I don't, know. I enjoy my coffee. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, but, but so you get into that work vibe and you're, you kind of feel a little bit of stress because you're doing stuff. Like I, maybe I feel like a little bit stressed doing now, but I love doing this and it's very productive and it helps other people. And I learn so much and hopefully our audiences too. And if you don't, damn it, you better learn something. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, break the fourth wall, Chris and upset people. Jesus, they're just trying to listen for Christ's sake. Anyway, before I segue again, um, You know, like gym stress is another thing where if I go to the gym, I feel like I'm in flow, even though it's a little bit stressful, you know, and my, you know, I'm like, ah, this hurts a little bit. It feels good for some reason. I don't know if it's a testosterone thing.
1: So in, but it feels good for everybody. It's like Mm -hmm. embrace that, empower yourself to do more of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like design your day. So you have actual bouts of good stress like if you're not getting focused work time in or you're getting you're not getting that flow state in then you're probably never going to be in your true uh powerful productivity mode
0: yeah and you feel like and you feel like you feel really good about it it's you know you're like i feel stress you know i'm feel like we're you know doing something it's a little bit of work but you know you don't feel like oh this is awful I hate this feeling this is good you you feel like you're accomplishing something too uh, well we that's talking- not the
1: stuff that'll kill you that's so true. L- l- right like that's not yeah. the stuff when the doctors say stress will kill you they're not saying because you were like working on this great flow state you are all of a sudden at risk that's not the same, same
0: thing there you go there you go. Thanks, Rama, for uh, calling in the show. A refreshing take on a controllable versus uncontrollable. And you talk about controllable in your book as well. How to feel a feeling or find a feeling of control during uncertain times. Uh, and, and control, I think, is probably really important for us to try and feel. You talked about self- uh, self uh, responsibility and self- uh, actualization and and uh, and self-reliance um, earlier. But um, it, it, Feeling control makes us feel less of a victim. Uh, tell us about how to find that feeling of control when we feel like maybe we're being victimized or a victim or something's going wrong. Okay.
1: So control. And by the way, there's a difference between controlling and a sense of control that you feel empowered. Ah. And this, this model was pivotal for me. And, um, I'm so excited I get to share it. So here we go. We have adversities in our life. These are the things that are completely out of our control. We're gonna have our survival stress uh, like reaction. It's gonna mm-hmm. happen. But from every adversity comes new obstacles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is what happened the day after I left that hospital. And I went on my uh, operation, fix my, and I had a big word that I will not say on your family-friendly show, Chris. You can get away Uh, with one. No, it it started with an F. And it was on a big piece of paper and it was operation, fix my pain. And so if the doctor's right and my pain is never going to go away, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: what are the new obstacles that actually come out of that? And see, so when I was able to draw that out then mm-hmm. I took every obstacle and when I was objective about them and instead of just allowing them to keep happening and like, oh, this is a problem. No, it's like, okay, let's look at that and let's be strategic about each one of those obstacles independently. Then it became tasks. Mm-hmm. They actually became tasks. So tasks we have to do, obstacles we have to solve, and adversities we need to give ourselves the space and the grace to heal. Oh.
0: Space and grace to heal.
1: Space and grace to heal. So when you take something completely out of your control and you, it's almost like finding the lowest common denominator, find all the obstacles that are new Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: then look at each one of them individually and find the task and the task, we have the highest level of control. Oh, there you go. That's how you can feel that sense of, I can move forward on this. I'm not going to take action on the thing outside of my control directly because I can't fix it. Mm -hmm but I that can mean, pull the math down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause you know, you get, you, you wake up and get fires, uh, coming at you all day long. And I think my audience has heard me talk about this a couple of things, uh, a couple of times, but about two or three months ago, I started doing something with, uh, uh, a feeling of control. Cause when I wake up, you know, the phones, we live in this world with the phones, you know, unfortunately I, I grew up in an era where you didn't have phones. Uh, I don't know that you know some of other cavemen will wake you up and and uh not rap on the cave door and say Ugh, and you go
2: Ugh, uh. Ugh, and then we go
0: kill a woolly mammoth or something but uh you know there was there wasn't uh uh Twitter. Uh, and so, or whatever it's called this week, um, people 10 years from now are gonna watch the video going, What's Twitter? And what's uh, Twitter? What's filed bankruptcy in 2024, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Elon Musk joke there, um, so, uh, and so I appreciate those times where I didn't live with that technology where I could actually call somebody on the phone and say, Hey, how's it going? or I actually see someone in person and go, Hello, human being, fellow human being, how's it going? instead of, you know, like, Who is this on my stupid phone? Um, And so I started doing this thing where I do what I, I call it frame control. Uh, you might have a better word for it, being the scientist on this. Uh, but what I do is I wake up in the morning, I go have my coffee, and of course, my doggies want their treats. And uh, so part of my problem was I wasn't spending enough time with them. I wasn't present with them. And then I just felt like just assaulted from the morning on. And I, you know, I didn't mind it. I'm just like, hey, this is business. You wake up, you know, 50 million people coming at you. You got fires and stuff, and whatever. And, you know, as long as I have my coffee, no one gets murdered and, you know, we can pay for Ourselves. And so, what I started doing was going out and getting my vitamin D, which is really important for my masculinity and my testosterone. And it's good for everybody, actually, but it's really important for men. And so, I go out. I don't. I don't open the computer. I don't turn on the computers. I might just check the phone for some emergency stuff. I've got an older mother that I want to make sure she doesn't send me a text that she's in the hospital or anything. Uh, but other than that, I try and avoid all the email, I go sit in the outside and I get my 15, 20 minutes soak of vitamin D and I start my rhythms, Uh, I forget what they're called. Uh, uh, there's some sort of rhythm that you start that starts doing melatonin or whatever. And uh, you're, uh, it's right on the circadian
1: rhythm. You mean? Circadian like, rhythms. That's oh, okay, it. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Not a scientist for the record, even though you threw that in there, but yeah, there you go. Circadian Smarter rhythm, than good?
0: me at this point. Uh, and I, and so I'll sit there, start my circadian rhythm, spend time with my dog. So I'm being present, we're spending time together as a little family and uh, have my coffee. And then I'll, sometimes I'll read Marcus Aurelius or Epictetus or some sort of other stoic tome and make notes and and just sometimes i will just sit and ponder about life and, you know, be grateful and stuff. And then I come into my office and I'll sit down I'll start loading up the computers, but we'll start playing George Winston solo piano. And it creates this frame for me in my mind where my desk is my control center. It isn't the Bob and, dodge and weave of all the fire, you know, people throwing flaming stuff at me, going, Hey, answer this email and stuff. And it gives me frame control. And it's like the world does not greet me. I greet the world in my in my place of command and power and frame. And that really makes a difference for me. I don't know. Yeah, Am I crazy? Or no I mean we all know I mean, I'm crazy, but
1: well I, I'm not gonna give you that diagnosis. Um so here a couple things I would say about this. Number one I, I like that you're doing a morning routine. It's not mm-hmm. for me to judge whether or not. I don't think it's a necessary part of achieving what you just did. I think mm-hmm. it's a really part, a healthy part of a morning, like a lifestyle and all of that. So two different issues. Mm-hmm. But I believe the real power, if we're going to use that word power, is where we can have the fires coming at us and the mm-hmm. proverbial punches coming, mm-hmm. but we have the perspective that we understand that that's just happening. Oh. Because in your business, you likely have people sending you fires all the time. You've already shared that with us. But mm-hmm. did that happen? Let's see. You're in their 14th year or are we into 15 14th now? 14th. Yeah. Okay. But you're getting close. You're going to start yeah, like August
0: pairing. 31st or something like that.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. So in the last 14, almost 15 years, has, has every day felt like there are fires coming at you?
0: Uh, I mean, some days are better than others, but, uh, uh, most times. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah.
1: Like that's kind of part of why you do what you do and what (laughs) you get paid to do and who you are and your job. Are you saying I get paid
0: to have people throw firing spears at me?
1: Absolutely. As long as they're just proverbial. But here's (laughs) the thing. It's going to continue for the next five to 10 to 15 years. Damn it. It's not going to stop. So until you decide you're no longer going to do the show and everything else that it is that you choose to do, then you're going to keep getting these. And I'm like, okay, so what are we going to do? Back to the original part of our conversation, when X, then Y thinking, Mm -hmm. if you have to wait for those things to stop coming at you for you, but you're like, I'm not saying you are, I'm just saying in general, for you to feel a sense of, I've got this, Mm -hmm. then we've got a problem with how you're relating to the workload. Yeah. See, survival stress, if we think about that as indication that the tiger is coming at us, yeah. your to-do list is not a tiger. There you go. Somebody needing you to answer something is not a tiger. Somebody yeah, upset I mean, about a comp, like, yeah. you know, so it's, we got to shift that.
0: Yeah. Plus it's the news of the world. You read the news and you're, you sometimes you get caught up in it emotionally. But it, it does give you that feeling of control, like we talked about in your book. Note to self, move to a goddamn uh, 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 lodge. Cabin in the woods. Go go to a cabin in the woods. Lodge is the wrong word for that joke. Where the
1: real where the real tigers will find you. Oh, there are yeah, no He's probably there. Yeah. bears. <laughs> then
0: I'll just have a typewriter a manifest and I'll be sending hate mail to people. Yeah, uh, long ways. So probably shouldn't do that either. We've had some FBI people on the show, and evidently it doesn't turn out well according to them. Uh so uh one thing I wanted to ask you about. We're it's kind of a callback a little bit to what we talked about earlier about people and emotions and and feeling like um you know this is this is a constant semi-healthy state to be constantly jacked up on stress and we're we're doing things and and even though it feels awful you know we're doing them do people kind of get addicted sometimes to that emotion or you know we, we've kind of alluded here that maybe I feel uh, like you know everything comes to me as a fire and I have a connection to it do people get addicted to that cuz I've had friends the people that I've known that they're constantly on from the moment they wake up and when you'll sit down with them and go hey man can you just take like five minutes and just calm the fuck on down, (laughs) relax and breathe. And let's just like do nothing and they can't do it. Okay. But
1: here's the thing. That's your expectation for Um, them. Yeah. So removing your expectation for how they should live their life. The question I would ask, is that a genuine flow state where they actually feel completely fulfilled or is it a way to stay busy enough that they're going to ignore their true emotion and their stuff and stuff down? And they figure if they can just keep busy, they don't actually have to look at how much they actually hate their life, yeah. right? Or whatever. I mean, that may be too much dramatic. But I think a lot of times people get caught up in the do 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 because they're not willing to process the emotion or change the storyline, or uh it's just how they operate and they don't know, like I've had So many of my coaching clients who have said to me, Allison, if we got me five hours this week extra, I actually wouldn't remember what I would like to do with it.
0: What the hell? Like,
1: I don't remember what used to make my heart sing or my soul light up.
2: Hmm.
1: Like people who are like, oh, I used to play the guitar. I haven't done that in 15 years. Because I'm so caught up in doing things and that would be a way to r- relax, but they're not doing it. So it's like, I have to have people design a bliss list really? of like, Oh my gosh. Like if you, uh, yeah. one uh, <laughs> taking a Friday off every summer, it's easy <laughs> if you're a golfer or a boater or something like that, sure. You're just going to go do that. But if you don't have anything like that and your world is work and your kids are at school and you don't know like you will default to just keeping the grind going and the work if you mm. don't actually make a list that says here are the things i would like to be doing instead
0: i need to make a bliss list although go my, for it oh, please do one of my problems with being single with dogs and doing whatever i want whenever i want is and i can work anywhere in the world is is uh is i probably have too much bliss in my life <laughs> it's probably too much judge that? no i I'm, <laughs> no, i like it. That's but good. sometimes the bliss needs to be maybe a little bit more productive like you know uh you know i love what i do and and okay so do more of that work maybe a little less video games maybe a little less i don't know going out and doing whatever the hell i do uh in vegas uh you know it's it's maybe do some stuff that's a little bit more productive we're sitting down and you know, like kind of what I do in the morning, like reading maybe more or something like that, instead of doing something like, I don't know, sitting for two hours and watching CNN. CNN is a great show. We've had plenty of people on from there, but you know, I was like, I was watching CNN today, just catching up on some news. and, And I realized that the cycle had gone around and they were starting to do repeat. And I'm like, why am I watching the same thing for data that I already have? And And I'm like, well, I'm bored. And so, you know, stuff like that, stuff, stuff that you do that you're like, why am I watching, you know, or wasting my time doing this stupid thing when I should be doing something else, which is pretty much describes most of my life. Which is also
1: like laced, if I can call you out on this, it's laced in judgment. Like, talk about adding that third layer of a snowman. Uh, you know, like, okay, here I am. And I used to do this all the time. I'd be on the clou- couch collapsing from pain. I had two to five hours of functionality a day back oh, wow. in the day before I knew how to deal with my neuropathic pain. And I would then sit there trying to relax. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, Ellie, you're so lazy. What the heck's wrong with you? Like, get that heck up see how i edited that out um you know and it's like what kind of judgment so then you're not actually relaxing now the thing i will say about the news is i think that's a good call out Mm. because i uh, what we put in is going to impact our mood and it's going to impact our happiness and if like i remember uh when when the pandemic happened and one of my my clients got so irritated and angry
2: hmm.
1: and i'm like gosh this isn't really your personality and as we dug deeper you know what was happening he had cnn on when he went uh, to bed on their like in the background on his computer playing like he was 24 7 there is no person who has enough of a emotional shield to have constant negative breaking news feed into their mind and their soul for 24 hours a day, and they're going to stay in their top performance. It is not possible.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, I, I love CNN, like I said, but a lot of it repeats after a while. I mean, if you watch the oh, yeah. midday show, usually, you know, unless something spectacular happens, you know, that's really unique, it's going to be pretty much the the throughout. And, and so, yeah, a lot of waste of time. And you mentioned something earlier about people, when we were talking about people that seem addicted to, high stress emotion and constantly feeling the thing, the thing where they're, you mentioned they may be burying other issues or they're trying to hide other issues from themselves so that they're miserable. And usually I find that, I mean, the people I've come in contact with, I shouldn't judge, I guess, I don't know, um, is they are miserable and they're miserable to be around because they're lashing out at you. They're constantly jacked up on whatever. And you're just like, holy, you know, take a breath, man, like breathe, yeah. you know, just breathe.
1: Well, and it is unfortunate. So there's a lot to unpack in there and uh, including the extra layer of judgment that <laughs> I had
0: There's it. a lot of judgment that comes from me. I'm so, pretty judgmental.
1: But you know, life is so freeing when you stop judging. It's like, oh. it's just like, oh, but it's so fun. Thing. It's so easy. Uh, well, and it is also sure fun, um, but everybody is different. And I, I think if they're not aware of what they're doing, then that mm. becomes destructive because eventually, what happens? And and I, by the way, I did like uh, I think fourteen years of cognitive behavioral therapy with uh, really? like for my acquired pain um, mm. uh, psychologist, right? And so like I'm obsessed with this stuff, right? And I still didn't want to feel it. And Doctor Tony used to call it my "got to go" technique. Mm. I don't like how I feel over here, so I got to go over there.
2: Mm.
1: And we're not taught how to actually go, I don't like how it feels over here and I'm going to stick with it until I process what it feels. Like uh-huh. if you think about kids, right? If you were fortunate enough as a child to have somebody uh, pick you up when you scraped your knee, fell off yeah. your bike yeah. and they come over and they're like, Oh, you know, it's okay. And then they clean it up and they kiss it better. And they're like, whoa it doesn't feel, it doesn't hurt anymore. Let's go for ice cream. And you're like, as a kid going like, what the heck? Like, uh, Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. It still hurts. And I'm going to get, I'm told Free not to cry and I'm going to get ice cream. So uh, I'm going to bury that down. And then you yeah. get on the playground and you get bullied. Yeah. And it's like, oh, don't take it personally. They're just
0: jealous. I just kept throwing myself down the stairs.
1: Oh, well, that was not probably. Free
0: ice wise, cream. For the you record. see that one coming yeah. you. Uh,
1: but do you see what I mean? Like we're taught to push. Anyway, we're we're getting yeah. very deep for an afternoon chit chat. But there you still and people need to hire
0: time. you to fix these problems in order of the book and uh, let's get a plug in here really quick. I know we're rounding out the show for your future book that you're working on right now.
1: Yeah. The stress illusion. So I believe that the way society is approaching stress is fundamentally flawed. And I believe that because we have access to more information about what we're supposed to do with stress. And yet stress levels are increasing. Burnout rates are rising and stress leaves are at an all time high. And so there's a mismatch and it's not working. And so I have this whole system about how do you blast through the snow? How do you embrace the emotion? All of that, that is in the stress illusion. And that's my work. Like, obviously, when I go in a keynote, I I don't go this deep from stage. We just should tell people that so they don't think I'm going to bring up everybody and have their CEO crying. Um, But I will do that behind the scenes. I pay to see that. I would. pay to see that at the stage. It really is. I believe people are making life harder than it needs to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, totally that's so enough. true. And that's and what we do. We had a great fun discussion today. Uh, give us your .com so people can find you yes. on the interwebs.
1: AllisonGraham.com slash Voss.
0: There you go. And then, and then do you have a release date for that new book?
1: We have not decided yet, so it's coming. I think I'm actually going to stay tuned because there's some ideas in the works where we're going to roll it out. Uh, The whole book will just be available, and we've got some really cool ideas with all the concepts coming. So follow me on LinkedIn, follow me, whoever, um, and stay tuned for that so that you can get the information before the book is out.
0: There you go. Uh, And then you probably have like a list or something on your website. People subscribe to get your news. Yeah, it's called the
1: weekly lift up.
0: There you go. The weekly lift up. That's a good thing to have. They come out every week. So give people advice on every Tuesday ish. There you go. There you go. That's
1: my promise to you. Every Tuesday ish.
0: Every Tuesday ish. I see the (laughs) ish there. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, Folks order up the book, wherever fine books are sold. Uh, Stay away from those alleyway bookstores. You might need a tetanus shot. You might get mugged. Don't get mugged. eh? Uh, Order it up. uh, June 8th, uh, 2021. Uh, Take back your weekends. Stress less. Do more. Be Happier by Allison Graham. Uh, thanks to Allison for being on the show. Thanks to my great audience for tuning in. You guys are the most brilliant audience in the world. And if you didn't learn something of this show... Uh, you better go back and listen to it about five more times because we packed in a whole lot of great stuff in here and, uh, Allison, uh, made us smarter. So if you're brain bleeding, if you're not brain bleeding yet, uh, I don't know. Just keep a band-aid over here cause there might, it, it might be delayed. Anyway, go to goodreads.com, for Chris Foss, youtube.com, Forchess Chris Foss, linkedin.com, Forchess Chris Foss. That was a crazy place we were on the internet. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe and we'll see you guys next
2: time.